0: the information discussed in this episode is intended as general information only. It is not intended for one-on-one medical advice, and you should always consult your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. And if you like the content discussed in this episode, please go leave a review so that others can benefit from it as well. I am a woman on a mission that is dedicated to teaching you just how powerful your body was built to be. I like to do that by bringing you the latest science, the greatest thought leaders, and applicable steps that help you tap into your own internal healing power. The purpose of this podcast is to give you the power back and help you believe in yourself again. My name is Dr. Mindy Pels, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Okay, right. Resetters. So Jessica and I are back with another really awesome interview. And this one is about a topic that we discuss with our patients, with our resetters, with people. I feel like every day it may even be every hour. Like if there's one thing for sure that menopausal women want to know, but I would say everybody wants to know is
1: how the heck do I get a better Night sleep. Yeah, I was going to say we probably get hundreds of emails on the concept of sleep every day.
0: Hundreds and and it's so interesting because there's so many different reasons why you're not sleeping and I always want to go to root cause and try to figure out like what is it as opposed to just giving like a band-aid approach but in this interview with Shauna Robbins she gave some really good tips that you may have not thought about. For example, she talked, and I'm not going to give it all away, but uh, (laughs) she talked a little bit about like what your environment should look like when you're sleeping. She talked about diet, talked about stress loads. So I think you're going to, this is one of those ones I would tell you to pull out a piece of paper and start
1: taking notes because there are so many good little hacks that she put in here. Yeah. And she really kind of changed the way you think about your sleep. It's not just what's happening from, if you go to bed at nine, it's not just happening from what a nine o'clock and on, if you can't fall asleep, it's what you're doing all day long in order to prepare for sleep, which I found really interesting. I've never really thought about, you know, like right now it's two o'clock in the afternoon for us. So what am I doing to prepare myself right now? Oh, I guess at at two to be able to sleep at nine tonight. Like that's not a thought that goes through my Right. No me neither, no, no, me neither, And I think that was really like insightful
0: and i I just think okay it 's ten o 'clock at night, and it 's time for me to go to sleep, and I do not think about what i 've done to prepare my mind for a good night 's sleep no. and i think I think you guys will find that her little hacks are are incredible, and you know I always tell the story that when I was younger, I could sleep anywhere, any place, anytime. And then when I hit my menopause years, forget it. I started like anybody in any room in the house make was making too much noise. I was like wide awake and
1: telling everybody to quiet down. So I, I was going to say, because when we travel together, I sleep like a baby. I could sleep anywhere, <laughs> anytime, any place. And you have a whole ritual that has to be established in the room <laughs> for us to be able to co-mingle in our sleep. Yeah, I, I'll let you all in on a
0: little secret. So Jessica and I travel to seminars a lot. And she is like one of those people, it doesn't matter what time zone we're in, she hits the bed and she is out. And she, when she sleeps, she actually makes it sound like it's the greatest thing on the in the whole entire world. So I can hear her in the bed next to me, like, you know, like, like cooing, like, it's incredible. <laughs> and all I can think is the sheets, it's too hot in the the room, the sheets are scratchy, there's noise next door. So I have a whole little routine that I do. And in this interview, Shauna helped me see that I may not be crazy, that this might have <laughs> actually be a strategy that I've created in order to get
1: my nervous system to understand its sleep. Quite possibly, yes. But yeah, you do. Her pillows have to be fluffed just right. I have different, different layers up. need to be on. Yeah, and well, I, yeah. Have
0: I have a fan know. app too. Yeah. The fan app is key because it blocks out any noise. Right. And yeah, yeah. There's definitely a ritual that goes on. <laughs> so, and I think you guys will see that on Shauna's interview here that she advocates for rituals. The other thing that I think you'll like about this interview is just understanding how diet plays into sleep. Mm. And like Jessica said, so often, we just don't think about, oh, what I eat at noon is going to affect how I sleep, how I can fall asleep at midnight. And I thought that was really, really important that she talked about that. And then the sleep sanctuary, like it's taken me some time to figure out what all those different pieces are, but definitely being cold. And you ask any menopausal woman, like being cold is very, very helpful. Dark is very helpful. And of
1: course, the fan app. The fan app, the essential oils, extra blankets, (laughs) extra pillows. (laughs) The whole thing. You have a great sleep sanctuary. I'm not quite needing to build one yet. I feel like my sleep's pretty there, but I just have to start thinking about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, talk to me in 20 years. Yeah, right. And I'll tell you, I'll have it all nailed. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Shauna because she is quite the sleep expert and she's actually written a book on it. So she's a best selling author. She's a graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and she's a certified health and wellness coach. And her book is titled Powerful Sleep, Rest Deeply, Repair Your Brain, and Restore Your Life. And I want to pause there for a minute because what most people don't realize is that when you are sleeping, your brain actually shrinks. So the the different parts of the brain will shrink in order for your cerebral spinal fluid to go up into the brain, wash the brain, and detox your brain. So sleep is so massively important. And what I love about what Shauna brings to this interview is that she is a type A, just like me, just like Jessica, just like so many of you guys, where we are in that rushing lifestyle. And so she gets us. She knows what we're going through. And that's a, a large part of what her book is about. So and and I found that when I was talking to her, like, you know, you, did, you just got this big picture that she understood. That mentality, what I call, well, it's not me, but
1: what Libby Weaver calls rushing woman syndrome. Mm-hmm. Well, and many of us that are rushing women or rushing men, if you're listening, we, we sometimes sacrifice. We think we need to sacrifice sleep in order to keep up, but really it should be the other way around. We need sleep. We need to let that brain detoxify. We need to get rest so that we can perform the next day.
0: Yeah. And I'm a big fan of the morning, the miracle morning, get up at five, read some inspiring books, meditate, like get yourself ready for the day. And one of the things I realized in doing that is that I have been... I I have been cutting corners on my sleep. So six hours sometimes. So the gift of the pandemic for me was to reprioritize sleep. Mm -hmm. And I now go to bed at usually nine to 10, and then I get up at six. So I'm getting a good seven, eight hours every night. And what a difference it makes. It really- Massive difference. Right. Like you don't, you're not as short fused. You think clearer. Your focus is better. There's just these little subtleties that you go, wow, I am, I, I'm a better person today because of that night's sleep. Right. Right. And just take one thing. Right. One thing. Yeah, so. it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't take a lot to start to get your sleep habits good again. Right. So, anyways, you guys enjoy this interview. Shauna has, like I said, a ton of great little hacks that you guys can tap into. And as always, if you love this podcast, please send it out to the world. We are at a time where we want people to so desperately take personal responsibility over their health and start to to take steps to and to reprioritize things like sleep. This is, you know, I, I was having a conversation the other day with a patient and I said, there, in this pandemic, it is more important than ever that we rely on the different strategies that our body has to heal and sleep is one of them. So we're excited to share Shauna with you guys and let us know what you think. Enjoy. So let me start off by just welcoming my guest, Shauna Robbins. Thank you, Shauna, so much for being here. Thank you, Mitty, for having me. So I think this is, yeah, I have to tell you a, a funny story that. I've been, I've mastered my sleep in the last little bit. And I want to talk about how, what I did. Um, but last night I couldn't sleep. And I was laughing because I'm like, is this because I'm interviewing Shauna tomorrow that I'm not sleeping tonight? So I can remember all the, the, the difficulty that I've had. So um, so I am really excited to talk about sleep because so many menopausal women are just struggling. I mean, people in general are struggling, but with the, with the women that are going through menopause, this is like a number one issue. So let's start off with this. How did you get passionate about sleep? Like, how did this become your thing? You're a health and wellness coach. Like, how did this become your your genre and your
2: specialty? Well, I wrote a book about sleep called Powerful Sleep. And the reason I did this book is because of my father. So my father was a real type A, high powered super successful, highly motivated, very efficient ceo and a serial entrepreneur started several companies and he he didn't sleep very well. He brought his work home with him, he didn't really have an exercise outlet, he ate a ton of sugar during the day, drank way too many sodas and caffeine to keep him awake. And then he just was unable to turn his brain off. He had all these worries and stress from the office. And so It was maybe about four or five years of this negative pattern going on in his life of, you know, building businesses and then selling them and the stress that went along with that. And he probably only slept maybe two to three hours a night. And at the end of five years of the sale of his final company, it got to the point where he was really unable to write emails, the language processing part of his brain was obviously impacted. And so he went through a battery of tests and it turned out that he at, six, at age 64 was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And so in going through the process of, of learning about Alzheimer's, because we don't have a family history of Alzheimer's. So this was, mm-hmm. took us out of the blue that this would happen. And in doing the research about Alzheimer's, I learned so much. And one of it, one of the most important key pieces is, and this is why I wrote my book, is that Alzheimer's is a woman's disease. You know, over two thirds of Alzheimer's patients in the United States are women. Hmm. And so why is that? I really wanted to bring this question to the forefront of our society. And then when I started to look deeper, women, you know, heart disease is the number one killer of women. Why is that? You know, cancer, more women have cancer than men. More women have autoimmune disease than men. You know, why is it that women are so sick? And to me, then it really gave me the information that it's because our lifestyle choices, it's because of the way that we live our life. It's because of the mindset that we are either struggling to be superwomen and we're suffering from the superwoman syndrome where we have to be excellent at everything, or we are martyr moms, right? We put ourselves last on the list and everybody gets everything they need. I know personally for me, I was such a martyr mom. I put sunscreen on my children. We lived in Hawaii for five years. I was so good about it, never put it on myself. I got melanoma, you know, and then I had to deal with with having melanoma. So, you know, women typically fall in in either category, depending on what the role model has been in their life with their mother and their grandmother and so on. I think it's time to break that. I know it's time to break that. Yeah, Yeah, it's time to really stand in our own power and say, we're making ourselves sick and no longer do we want to make ourselves sick. Ah. We want to make ourselves healthy. Ah, I,
0: I so resonate with that. And, and you know, that was a large reason why I wrote the Menopause Reset, is because I realized that there was a lifestyle that needed to change for women as they went into their 40s and 50s. For the same reason, it was like when you start to look at disease, you realize that so many things, so much disease is happening to women in their 50s and 60s and beyond. And we could really change that with lifestyle. So, okay. So where, what did you find with sleep in there? Because here's the, here's my dilemma with sleep. And this is just the catch 22 is like, I know I'm supposed to sleep, Mm -hmm. but I can't sleep. Like I, I, it does just because I know I'm supposed to, doesn't mean that I can go to bed early, put my head on the pillow and sleep. And why do you think that is? Like so many women have that issue.
2: Well, it's a couple of things. First of all, you need to be able to trust in your body's ability to sleep. Your body wants to sleep. It needs to sleep. It needs to sleep seven to nine uninterrupted hours every night. That's what it needs. That's what it wants. So if you're unable to get there, since that's the goal, then you need to look back at your daytime choices. So your daytime choices really set you up to either sleep or not sleep. And it's not to say you're going to be perfect every day with making all the best choices that you can make. But at least you should be aware of what those good daytime choices are. So first and foremost, nutrition. Nutrition is so important. I, I could write a whole book about how food is medicine. Eating, making sure you have control of what you do cook what you put in your mouth, what you buy, what you source, what you do for your body. It's a, to me, cooking and eating whole nutritious food is an act of self-love and self-care. And if women can start to see it, we cook for our families, we cook for our spouses, we cook for our parents and our friends. But what about for us? What about what we need? Or do we just eat a granola bar or a fiber bar or, you know, grab a piece of toast? I mean, what about is it, what, what do we need? And I think really drilling down on that is important. So making sure that you eat whole real foods. I was going to say, um, what What can
0: we eat? I mean, I think, like, I'm, I, I'm curious what foods would help me sleep
2: better at night. So there's many, many different foods, mostly the rainbow foods. So you want to make sure that, you know, you are eating a mo- mostly plant-based diet. I'm not opposed to, you know, I, I'm not a vegan or this or that. In fact, in my... You know, in, at IIN, we study 100 different dietary theories, and each one of them has value. Even yes, the does. breathitarians that live on air, right? Yes. Right? Or the fruititarians that only live yes. on sugar. Okay, every, every dietary theory has value because everybody's body is different. And so really learning about what your body needs. My body personally needs a little bit of protein. I need to have it. I need to have a harboured egg. I need to have some grilled lean protein at night for dinner. But maybe yours doesn't. Maybe you can work better on plants and beans and carbs. That's fine. You know, but really finding out what works for you and eating that way is really, really important. So what I recommend is to try out a few different things. Try out and see how you feel. Go a week without dairy. Go a week without meat. Mm -hmm. Go a week just just eating plants and and Mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables and see how it makes you feel. Are you tired? Are you lethargic? Do you have no energy? You know, do do you find that your hot flashes are worse or better? You know, and and take, keep a journal of these things. Really find an eating style that suits you. The second thing is just make sure that you're eating really whole foods. I know when COVID first hit and everybody was scourging around and grabbing pastas and, you know, packaged goods and things. Okay, well, we're past that now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's time to get back into making sure that you are taking good care of yourself and and cooking and working with really good, healthy, top quality meats and fish and produce. Uh, Yeah, I've
0: seen that a lot. Again, in our resetter community, I've seen a lot where People, we do a lot of fasting, we do a lot of keto, and I I absolutely agree with you that I don't think we should become like zealots for one style of eating. I think there's a variation that we should be doing. But what a lot of people will say to me, and this is, I was thinking about it as you were saying, test it out and see how you sleep, Mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll hear a lot of people say, oh my gosh, I go low carb and I get into ketosis and then I can't sleep. And I remember, you know, way back when I used to eat cereal that I literally sometimes would get up in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep. This is like five years ago. And I would go downstairs and I'd have a bowl of cereal. Mm -hmm. And and I'd have and then I'd go back to bed. This is not I'm not advocating. Right. We'll do this. Right. But I would be asleep like that. Mm -hmm. So. Are you suggesting that people then should look at like foods that make them sleepy or you're looking to just see what is actually the natural, what your what your body resonates at yeah. 11 o'clock that will get you asleep at that night? Okay.
2: So that brings up a great point and I'm so glad that you brought that up. So ideally you don't want to eat anything three hours before bedtime ah. or drink anything. And the reason being is because digestion takes a ton of energy from your body. And so when you sleep, when you drop into your first sleep cycle, your body goes from your sympathetic nervous system to your parasympathetic nervous system. And to make that switch into that rest and restore mode of the parasympathetic nervous system, you need to not have the body doing anything. It needs to be resting completely. Mm. And if you're digesting... Mm-hmm. then it's, you're not going to go into your sleep cycles, which is why you're going to wake up. And so you really want to make sure that you cut off your food. Now, with keto, ketosis is amazing, and I love it when I'm in ketosis, mm-hmm. uh, but I also carb cycle too and because that works for me and that works mm-hmm. for my body. And I, I realized after doing keto for a while that that was something that I could really benefit from. Yeah. And so – you know, I would probably just ask people to experiment with that to see if there's a little bit more of a moderate, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I think keto has so many amazing healing benefits and I've watched it with my father now, who's now 10 years, 10 years past that Alzheimer's diagnosis. And Yeah, I mean, he's deteriorating, but at a very slow rate. And so much of that is the diet that he's on. And I'm really proud of him for sticking to that because he was such a sugar and carb loader all the time because he was exhausted. Have you... you Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Have you seen any research? I'm thinking again,
0: as you're talking, I'm like, I don't, I should do, I'm all into like going down rabbit holes with science. But do we know if ketones, I know they're neuroprotective. They are. But are they making it so it's difficult if you go, like, let's say you are in a, a state of ketosis and you go to sleep. I'm curious if that would prevent you from getting into having a, a solid seven to nine hours. If there's, anything. And I do
2: not know the answer to that one, but I'm more than happy to look it up for you and let you know, because I, that's, think that's a wonderful question. Yeah, I really do. In my experience of the clients that I've worked with, the ones that are on strict keto diets don't seem to have trouble sleeping. Mm. So that would lead me to think that it's got to be some sort of cortisol activation during the day, which Mm. brings me to the second thing. So you've got food, but you also have to have exercise. And if you don't have daily exercise, ideally outside where you're getting vitamin D, in nature, lots of oxygen, places where you can really you know, kind of ground yourself, getting good cardiovascular exercise five, six days a week, which a lot of women don't have time for, can't make time for it. That's a really important part of sleeping is getting that daily exercise. And then, you know, the third big component would be to take a look at what type of relaxation that you do during the day. Are you meditating? Do you have a gratitude journal? You know, are you, are you just amped up? all the time? Are you watching the news all the time? Oh. Are you on your phone all the time? Are you constantly stimulating your adrenals to just put out cortisol all the time? Because that is going to affect your sleep in the evening. Yeah. So, you know, if you're really happy with ketos, doing the keto diet and being in ketosis, but you find that your sleep is a mess, I might look at other things first, unless carb cycling is something that feels good to your body and you've done it and you found it to be successful. Yeah, and and I have more
0: I have more questions than I have you know answers on that one. So that's why right. I was like, I'm going to ask you. That's great, and I'm glad okay. that you asked me because now I'm curious and I yeah, want to no. Okay it's so we'll, we'll we'll reconvene on this subject yeah, and bring it back yeah. to people but le- so based off of what you just said let's try to put it into some practicality so we'll use myself as an example i got up at 5 this morning to take my my daughter back to or to the airport to f- so she could fly home back to school and i am now been working all day i won't get home till seven o'clock tonight mm-hmm. so i haven't been outside yet so I, I haven't gotten sunlight and so i come stumbling home at seven o'clock at night i haven't exercised i haven't been outside i've been nonstop work and i'm gonna eat so right. uh, is there anything i can do to benefit me or benefit a good night's sleep with that kind of routine or do I need to look to shift that routine?
2: Well, ideally, you look to shift it, right? Ideally, as soon as we finish this podcast, you put down your headphones and you walk outside right? And you breathe and you think of three to five things that you're grateful for and that you're so pleased with. And you know, you receive that in and it really calms you down, calms your nervous system down. And ideally you've had some sort of salad or some sort of vegetable for lunch, maybe a little bit of lean protein. You've been drinking water all day. Hopefully you haven't been drinking coffee all day. No, water's in here. Perfect. Perfect. So, you know, there's a lot of good things that you could do during the day. And then when you get home, Maybe when you have your dinner at 7, so then that means that you're going to put yourself in bed around nine thirty, nine fifteen, nine thirty. Chat with someone that you really, that makes you feel good. Talk to your child that just, you know, went off to school. Make sure they got there safely, right? Because that's going to throw up your mom antenna. It's going to make you feel more stressed out. Listen to beautiful music, something that you find really relaxing. Maybe after you're done eating, do some yoga poses. Do some stretching. I don't know. So so watching, Watch so, watching, so watching Netflix is not no. going to be... <laughs> I mean, unless it's something that you really enjoy, unless it's something that's really going to calm you down, not something that's like, you know, a crime scene or something that's really violent or really gory or something that stimulates your mind. You don't want to stimulate your mind after 7 o'clock at night. You want to, like, let the mind drift down and relax because your mind has been stimulated all day. So you need to go just like you go up all day, you want to go down at night. You really want to feel that nice ebb and flow, Yep. With the circadian rhythm of the earth, you really want to feel that with your body up and down, you know? Okay. You, I mean you're giving so much. You're gonna yeah. go what? You're gonna do a fourteen hour day today, you know? And it's I like will. you you're good. You're done. <laughs> you're done. Like yeah. give yourself a break. Take
0: a yeah. bath. So going home, and again, I'm just saying, I'm just using myself as an example, because I know that many women that are listening to this are like, yeah, that's me. So going home, having a glass of wine and watching a Netflix series on top of that kind of day is a recipe for a poor night's sleep.
2: Poor sleep. Well, and first of all, the the glass of wine in itself is a recipe. It's a recipe for hot flashes. It's a recipe for night sweats. It's a recipe for uninterrupted REM sleep, which you need to have REM sleep for your brain to repair itself and regenerate itself, for your blood pressure to drop so that your heart can heal itself, for your hormones to stay, you know, at a steady level. The wine is actually one of the worst things you can do before bed.
0: Yeah. 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 And I, I I have an aura ring. Do you mm -hmm. ever use the aura ring? I don't have it on me right now. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, I've had so much fun trying to improve my sleep score by, by looking at like, okay, the meal time and all of that has made a big difference. I actually get the, sometimes I get the, my heart rate variability does the best when I'm in like a three day water fast that will believe it or not, I don't, it it goes up to the highest it can go. So, so that's, that is, maybe it's because I'm not eating. So, there is a parasympathetic sort of That's activation right. of that. So That's right. what I've learned so far is get off the alcohol, get outside, move around, eat good food. how mu- uh, let's talk about like your sleeping environment. So how much does like light play a difference
2: in Big difference? In- so I call it I call it the uh, sleep sanctuary in my book. Okay. And I'm very, very particular about the sleep sanctuary and for good reasons. So if you have any light that comes into your room at all from a hallway, from a nightlight, from somebody reading in the other room, from a bathroom light on, your brain will not make enough melatonin for you to stay asleep. Mm. And so it's really, really, that's the thing about blue light too. So if you have your blue light on an hour before you go to bed, your body's not making the melatonin that it needs to be making for you to fall asleep and stay asleep for seven to nine uninterrupted hours. So there's two pieces. You got to fall asleep easily and you got to stay asleep all night, right? right? And those are two really important factors that light can have a negative influence on. Okay. And and what about the temperature of the room? Like this has been a real issue
0: with, with my husband and I, because I will turn it off. I want it cold, 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 cold. Me too. And then I want to put a ton of blankets on top of me and I'm happy and
2: he is dying. Is that, is there a physiological reason why that is? Yes, of course. Well, first of all, this, you know, people have different sleep temperatures that they like. So some people the average person is around 68 degrees. Okay. But you can go up to 70 and you can go all the way down to 62. It really depends on your body. And of course, getting that to sync up with your partner can be really challenging. And the reason why you like the, the bedding on you is because it creates a sense of weight on you. Mm-hmm. And weighted blankets are a huge positive sleep sanctuary addition. Although if, if you get too hot, then they're not. But if you can put some sort of weighted type of comforter or blanket on you, again, that just allows your body to trigger that parasympathetic nervous system Mm. response really easily and you can go right into that calming breath the cortisol levels drop and you can just drift right off to sleep and I actually use it with my kids that's Mm. where I see the biggest effect with the gravity blankets or the weighted blankets children have bad dreams. They have really active dreams. They're really active at night. They flip a lot and you just, you know, have that weighted blanket on them. 10% of your body weight is what you need. And I so that's, that's what you're probably trying to create with your blankets, right? right. Yeah. And no, I've so, got like seven on them on top of me. And, and that's, so that's what you're looking for. You're looking yeah. for that weight on your body that really helps you to calm down and feel safe. And it's, it's a real thing and it really does matter to a lot of people. And so I think just same with white noise, white noise Mm. is really, really helpful for people at night, whether it's a fan, I take a fan, and I just turn it against the wall. So it doesn't, you know, shoot on me all night. But some people use an app, some people use, you know, they have a white noise maker, and their partners can't stand it. And so, you know, you I mean, you make do you get headphones, you get earplugs, you do what you can do, to really create that sleep sanctuary for yourself and then try to blend that with the person who's also sharing that with you.
0: So I've teamed up with Tony Horton. Do you know Tony Horton? He was the creator of P90X, one of the most revolutionary at-home fitness programs. And we created together a new fitness program called PowerSync 60. And it is literally, this program's never been done. It is a revolutionary 60 day program for both men and women. So here's why I want you to join us. We also included a free bonus meal plan and a customized tailor way you can eat right for yourself. Also, of course, we put some fasting in there and it was a beautiful meeting of the minds. So this is like a passion project that I'm so excited to share with you. And in order to get it, all you got to do is visit DrMindy.org and use the code PS60PELS. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I have so many thoughts on this. So, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So for starters, Jessica, who's listening to this, we end up going to seminars a lot and we're uh, have, to, we share a room when we're off at these seminars and I have a little fan app uh-huh. that I put on my, on my sure. phone and I have to turn on the fan. So she's laughing right now. I'm sure just listening to this, yep. but um, that was one, something that came up with my husband and I was like, I need noise, I need it cold, Me too. It's like I need it dark. Yep. And if I get all those combinations right, I need tons of blankets, then yep. I'm sleeping. But yep. that really, I mean, how, how do you have a, it's hard when you have a spouse that you need to think about in, in having all of those pieces line up.
2: Are there well, so the way, any what I recommend Yeah, what I recommend to my clients is just think, okay, so human beings, we need to recreate sort of this sleep cave right to sleep well. It's just we all of our bodies need it. Now obviously maybe some need it a little bit cooler and some need it a little bit warmer. There're tweaks within that, but basically by doing that and creating that environment for your for your husband, you're actually helping him. You're helping yourself. Oh, and I'm going to tell him. him that tonight. You are. Tell him that I <laughs> it is a gift to him that you need to do this. Yeah. Because my husband, my husband can fall asleep on the couch with the lights on and the TV going. Oh, yeah. But he right. has horrible sleep. And yeah. night after night after night of that would just wear him down. So the fact that I am just like you, I'm so adamant about my sleep sanctuary. It just really allows both of us to get this amazing restorative rest that we need to then keep up with our busy, busy daily lives. And it allows our relationship to work better. We don't snap at each other as much. Yeah. We're able to manage the kids better. We're able to be more effective in our jobs. I mean, It, it just highlights, makes so many aspects of our life so much better. So consider okay. your sleep sanctuary a gift. I'm going to tell him that. Yes, I'm
0: going to tell him that because I literally like I have all these requirements of the light and the temperature and the noise and, and it really and I've learned when I travel to have these little things that go along with me so that I make sure that all of that happens. And on the topic of the weighted blanket, I think that's super fascinating. And I've heard a lot of women say that the weighted blanket has helped them. And so I, I purchased one. Uh-huh. And of course, I didn't think about the weight. And I was like, oh, more is better. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> so you got one for like a 200-pound man. Yeah. yeah it I was husband. like, I'm dying.
1: I'm dying
0: down here. Right. Oh, my God, okay. I can't move. Right.
2: So what, what did you say? It was 10%, 10% of, of your body weight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so a 130-pound work. woman should get a 13-pound blanket.
0: Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Yep. So so all of these things have to line up uh, in order for your body to go into this deep sleep. And do, yeah. you, do you think, I mean, again, we're dealing with a lot of menopausal women. Do you think that it's harder as we get older to sleep more and to, to, to get ourselves into this sleep state? Because I didn't have this problem when I was in my 30s or my 20s.
2: Well, once your hormones change, it does get a lot harder to do. I mean, I'm in perimenopause right now. I'm dealing with hot flashes that come and go and night sweats that come and go. And, you know, it's, it's such a hassle. It's like, oh, my God, here we are again. I wake up and the sheets yeah. are wet. Like, great. But but I had a whole week where that didn't happen. Yeah. So you know, when your hormones are fluctuating, I mean, I, I, I have a, I have a teenage daughter and so she's 15 and I see what she goes through and I'm like, I feel you, sweetheart, because yeah. I'm going through too in the opposite way, right? No, it's and, menopause is pretty yeah. in reverse. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, I completely feel that right now. And so I just know that when my hormones are amiss, it's really a good time for me to really drill down on focusing on myself. Yeah. It's always a clue to me that something's off That I need to either be looking at maybe taking more maca. I need to be exercising more. I need to be doing, you know, God, I didn't do my meditation three days in a row. Well, no wonder. Now I'm laying in bed with a hot flash. Or I had wine the last two nights and here I am in bed with a hot flash. You know, I think it's just, and why did I have the wine? Because I'm stressed. Why am I stressed? Because I didn't exercise. Why didn't I exercise? Because I didn't have time. You know, it's like really drilling down on making time for yourself. It's self-care. It's
0: it's so it's like a mirror if you're not sleeping well, it's not because you're cursed and you're going through menopause, but it's a, it's an opportunity to look at within and say,
2: okay, what's, what's not working? Yes. Yeah. And what can I tweak? Sometimes it's something small that you can tweak. It's not like, oh my God, I have to, you know, leave my kids for three weeks and go to a, a retreat where I don't speak or, oh my God, I need a vacation or I need to quit my job. It could be that. But it could just be that you need to make some just minor small changes Mm -hmm. in your life that can have a really great lasting effect long term. I love that. Yeah, Yeah, I
0: love that. I love those aha moments of like, hey, lifestyle needs to shift. So, so talk to me a little bit about what, what is happening when we're sleeping and why do we need seven to nine uninterrupted hours? I, again, have played with this because I, so, I have so many things I want to do during the day that I'm like, ah, I can get away with five or six, and then I realize that doesn't work. But what is magic about seven
2: to nine hours? There's so many things. Where do I start? You know, your brain regenerates itself. So when you have four to five sleep cycles... You want to have about 25% of your total sleep time be in REM. And when you're in REM, that's when you're dreaming. And when you're in REM, your body is actually repairing and restoring itself, mostly your brain. Your brain is so so active while you sleep. You don't even realize it. All the different yeah. theta waves that you go through, all the ways that your brain is storing information, storing memories, building new neurons, neurons, and creating new synapses, and you know, it's so important for your brain to regenerate itself. And that and you have to give it that amount of time to do it. I, I, I like it. I always tell the story that when your brain, when you're sleeping, it's like a self-cleaning oven. So you go to sleep, you close your eyes, you drift off into the first stage of sleep, and it's like, boom, you've hit the... Turn on the self-cleaning mechanism on the oven with your brain. I love that. And then your brain has to work through the cycle, just like your oven does, right? And so, if you interrupt it in the middle of the cycle, your brain makes these things called plaques and tangles. And what those do is, while it's cleaning itself, it's literally creating these these sticky little webs that go in there. And it looks that these webs look for viruses, bacteria foreign invaders that have come in during the day through your nose, through your eyes, through your ears. And then once it's got them all, it pulls them out. But if Mm -hmm. you are going to interrupt this cleaning cycle of the brain, then your brain is going to be left with all these plaques and tangles that are still going to be in there, not to mention all the foreign invaders that are still going to be in there Mm -hmm. that can cause havoc and damage to the brain. So that's why it's got to be uninterrupted. You have to go all the way through the sleep cycle for the brain really, yeah. really important. The other thing is for your heart. So your, your blood pressure naturally drops when you sleep. Mm. And what better medication to heal your heart than to sleep, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if your heart, if your blood pressure naturally slows down, then your coronary arteries can naturally lower the inflammation level that's in them. Your body can go in and repair any damage that might have been done during the day from stress, from the poor diet, from too much alcohol. You know, it's. There are so many aspects of things. Your your body is working so hard while you sleep. And so to give it seven to nine hours is ideal to let it do everything it needs to do. What else can I tell you? I mean... Sleep is so amazing for so many different oh, yeah. organs. Yeah. That- no, I
0: I found that when I started studying the human body, how interesting it is that our, our brain actually shrinks at night mm-hmm. so that the cerebral spinal fluid can go up and wash it and detoxify. That's right. That's like when right. you when you really dive into understanding the human body, it's like we are so eloquently put together. Mm-hmm. And we it's it's like the most masterful design. And we just have to know how to tap into some of these things that are so powerful for maximizing that design. And sleep is definitely, definitely one of them.
2: Well, and that's why I said in the beginning of this podcast, you know, your body wants to sleep. It knows how to sleep. Don't doubt that. Your body is this amazing biocomputer. It knows exactly what it needs. We just have to allow that to be. Yeah. We just have to trust that process. A lot of people have sleep anxiety when they haven't had good night's sleeps, and then they lay down and they get really stressed. Oh, my God, is it going to be another one of those nights right don't sleep? Or yeah. they put off going to bed because they're so worried they're not going to be able to fall asleep. And all that does is create more anxiety, right? Yeah. And so to really get grounded in the idea that your body needs to sleep and knows exactly how to do it, you might just have to tweak a few things, make a few better choices during the day to give it what it needs. Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that. What Before we move off of the qu- of the how much sleep, what do you think about – deep sleep. So my aura ring will measure my deep sleep. And I've heard that you need about an hour of deep sleep. And some people say up to two hours. But what's happening? Do you know what's happening in deep sleep? And Is that why? what it's considered your REM? No, it'll tell me REM. Your REM is
2: different than your deep
0: sleep. Yeah, and it'll tell me deep sleep. And so I've been, like, Dave Asprey has a book Uh that he was talking about how it's the deep sleep that matters. And I, again, I haven't studied this enough, but I know for my own self, I've been playing with the deep sleep. And What I will see is alcohol definitely will put will allow me if I get off alcohol, I don't have a glass of wine, I can get into a higher deep sleep. Mm -hmm. But so that's the only thing. I mean, that's what I love about my aura ring is I can really play with those lifestyle pieces. So I was curious if you'd heard any research on that.
2: I haven't. But I think that, you know, in my book, I use those two things interchangeably. The deep sleep happens before the REM. Mm-hmm. So you go into the deep sleep and then the REM comes from that. They're both very, very important because without the deep sleep, you don't get the REM. Right. So yeah, it's a precursor. You know, it yeah. is.
0: I love the self-cleaning oven example. It's a really good one about how you got to complete all the cycles. I love that. I'm gonna You, you do. It. I mean, I,
2: you know, I, that's... And if that's, that's, yeah. To me, that's the most important reason why I sleep. Now, after my dad's diagnosis and also now learning that we have a, an APOE4E gene in the family, which we never knew we had, that both my mother and father carry. My mother doesn't wow. have Alzheimer's yet, but the idea that I could have a double and the fact that my dad had early onset, to me, putting myself in bed, not drinking a glass of wine, making sure I don't eat three hours before bedtime, You know, that's the, that's the act of trying to keep myself healthy. I don't want to turn yeah. that gene on. Yeah. No, thank you.
0: Right. Not well, much. that's the beauty of knowing you can look ahead at what your parents have and go, okay, even whether you get a, a test or not. Just knowing that that could be your fate. It's it's so important. So, yeah. what? Give me. Get, let's give our listeners some advice because I'm sure. Again, I don't think I'm unique in in this sleeping adventure that I've been on. What happens when you wake up at two in the morning and you're like, bing, you wake up, maybe you have to go to the bathroom. I hear this from a lot of people. I had, I had to get up and go to the bathroom. And now you're, you're doing what I call the worry scan, where you're like thinking about what you're doing tomorrow. You're thinking about your problems. I don't know what it is about the brain that wants to solve the world's problems at two in the morning, but I sure as heck wish my brain would stop doing that. What kind of strategies do we, can we implement at two in the morning?
2: So again, it's not strategies at two in the morning, it's strategies at nine o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that before you get into bed, you haven't had any liquids three hours before bed, unless you need to take some medicine and you need to have have a a sip of water. Yeah, it's not the time to have a nice big thing of chamomile tea. Before you go to bed, because guess what, you're going to get up to use the bathroom at three yeah. o'clock in the morning. So, um, besides the fact that chamomile is a diuretic, you know, so then that is not helpful either. As is alcohol. Alcohol is also a diuretic. It's really, really important that you make sure that you you are well hydrated. Women are typically not very well hydrated. That I, you know, most women that I work with. So I tell them make sure you hydrate during the daylight hours, mm-hmm. and then once you come into dinner. Go ahead and have, you know, whatever you're going to have a glass of water or or your cup of tea or whatever with your meal. And then you need to be done. And you really need to make sure that you cut off those liquids three hours before bed so that you're not woken up by your bladder. And then the other thing that I really, really love for helping you to sleep all the way through the night and not have that wake up is magnesium. I love Mm. it. I use it. I recommend it to all my clients that struggle with this. Uh, You could put yourself in an Epsom salt bath, Epsom salts Mm. are full of magnesium. Put yourself in a bath before bedtime, great to relax anyway. Or take a little magnesium supplement before you get into bed. Is there a specific one? Like there's lots of different versions of magnesium. You know, I just use the Calm Uh, brand yeah. yeah, and I, you know, put it in just a a little tiny bit of water or I, you know, you take a bath and and win Epsom salts and let your skin absorb Mm, the magnesium. So smart. Yeah. But that, that is really, sometimes just that small little change all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I haven't slept through the night in ages. And now look, I'm waking up at seven. Mm. And you know, I'm going to bed at 11. It's amazing. Yeah. So does does counting sheep work? You know, I guess (laughs) it distracts your brain. You want to do something boring, right? It distracts your brain. So let's say, you know, for a lot of my my executive clients, they're very busy, their minds are very busy, they wake up and they think, Oh, my God, I forgot to send that email. Yep. I say, okay, great. Keep a notepad by your bed. Keep a little red light flashlight that you can buy from Amazon because you don't want any light wave that has blue light in it. To keep that red right by your bed, turn your little red light flashlight on, write down what you're thinking of, close it, and then roll over and go back to sleep and let it go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get it out I, of your brain and let it
0: go. That's a great idea. I, I've literally counted sheep before and it it, it, it kind of I just know I got to get my mind off of whatever I'm festering yeah, on. Yeah, so, it's distracting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, OK, so let's dive into some of the like you mentioned magnesium.
2: What do you think of things like CBD? Have you tried CBD? I have. At all? Yeah. I do like CBD. Again, I think it's bioindividual for the person mm. because it can lower your blood pressure. And okay. for some people, that's great. And for other people, that's not so great. Okay. So, you know, I think CBD is, is really powerful. I wish that we had more studies on it. I wish mm-hmm. that we had, you know, some FDA approval on it. I wish that we had other things like that, that we could have some more guidelines. Right. But um, I think it's a very powerful sleep aid. Okay. And so let's see, what else do I love? Well, I love GABA and L-theanine. Okay, I really love GABA and theanine They're buddies, you know. Okay, they make dopamine, and right. it's really important to have a good level of dopamine. Give um, do brain. Do you have a brand you recommend, or no? You know, I don't rep any brands. Right. So all I have are the ones you know. I, I would just say a top quality brand, Solgar or Jarrow, or you know whatever you like. But to those. Those two to together yeah. sound
0: imperative. Yeah, they're really yeah. important. Yeah. What about what about melatonin? I we we have a great one that we use for our patients called DREM, mm. and it's a high. It's a melatonin mixed with herbs, and we lo- we love it. But my fear of using it all the time is that right. you'll get addicted. You right. know, that you can,
2: yeah. Is that what? That's right. Ever, yeah. Yeah, because you know melatonin is a hormone. Yeah. So you take melatonin. For long enough, your body's going to think, "Oh, well, you're just going to keep giving me synthetic forms of melatonin. Why do I need to make my own?" Right. So your gut is definitely right on that. I usually yeah. recommend to my clients that they don't take it more than three nights in a row. Ah, uh, that's a good that's
0: a good gauge because I kind of do that for my own self. Like if I'm like four nights in, I'll go, eh, "I need to watch this because yeah. I want my body to make it on its own."
2: Right. Right. So you don't want to lose the ability for your body to make melatonin. And yeah. I would I would just give it the precursors. You know, give it the precursors to melatonin, give it the gabanaltheanine, give it some exercise, give it some other things, give it some nutritional things. Yeah. Yeah. That that your body then has enough precursors in your system where it can make, and, and turn off the blue light, because maybe it's not so much about making melatonin, maybe it's about stimulating your body to make it at the right time. And maybe yeah. you are in your bed watching Netflix with blue light until midnight. And then you turn that off and you lay there and go, see, look, I can't fall asleep. Well, of yeah. course not. Right. You know, you shouldn't do anything in your bed besides sleep. Yeah.
0: What do you think about the like the, you know, I know that with my iPhone, I can like, tr- I can
2: put it on a night screen so yes. that it's, is, do you think those are helpful? I do. And you could do it all day. You don't just have to do it at night. Right, you can turn the blue light off. Oh, that's a good idea. And it makes the screen like sort of yellowish orange, which is actually yep. really for me nicer on my eyes <laughs> okay. than actually having the blue light on. Yeah, it's. I have my kids do it all day. I just mm. their phones have no blue light on them all day.
0: Okay. So and what about what do you think of Wi Fi? I've heard some pe- people believe EMF. that if the, yeah, like the, mm-hmm. if the EMFs are on. So I actually put my phone on airplane mode at night. Do you
2: have you heard if that helps people at all? I think it definitely helps people. I, I definitely do. I leave mine in the kitchen. I don't even have it in my bedroom. Yeah. I don't, want, I don't want any. I don't have a modem near my bedroom. I don't have a modem near my kids' bedrooms. Like, everything is on the other side of the house yeah. for that reason. Yeah, and so my reception is not all that great, but so be it. You know, I, right. I, you know we're so bombarded with EMF. I mean, we get it. Everywhere. I mean, just walking outside, driving in our car, I mean, in our house, it's our body is always trying to catch up with that. So as much as I can just limit that, limit the blue light, limit the cellular, you know, data, limit all of that. And and you know, it's for me, it's such a great way to say, okay, I'm gonna take my magnesium, I'm gonna turn off my phone, I'm gonna go take a nice warm shower or a warm bath, I'm gonna put my jammies on and get into bed and read something really boring, not stimulating. And then I drift off and then I wake up and I'm like, wow, I slept for eight hours. That was a miracle. But you know I did all these little things that yeah. added up to
0: success. So it's the little things. The little things make a big difference when you're trying yeah. to get to sleep. I love that's, that. That's the butterfly effect. Yeah. That's it, yeah. right there. Yeah, so talk about the butterfly effect because you have a great blog post on your website about that. Thank and you. I was like, oh, I love this idea. Tell, just so we fill our listeners in.
2: For, you know, the butterfly effect is, is that, taking small little steps that end up having a huge outcome in your life going forward. You don't think of it at the time. You think, oh, well, I'm not going to drink wine anymore before I go to bed. It's one step. You know, maybe I'll have a glass of wine at five o'clock, or maybe I'll have a glass of wine, maybe just on the weekends, I'll have a glass of wine or whatever it is. But then over time, you start to see all these positive effects in your life. You start sleeping better, your your hormones are better, your hot flashes go away, your blood sugar drops, your inflammation levels drop, your cancer levels drop, you know, all of these things like, and over time, you, you actually get healthier from that one choice of mm, uh, simply... To limit to limit your wine, either when you're consuming it or how often you're consuming it. Mm-hmm. Breastcancer.org has this shocking statistic that women that have more than two glasses of wine a week have a 30% increase in their chance of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And for every glass you have over two glasses, it goes up 10%. Wow. So if you're drinking every night, you're having seven glasses of wine a week, you have your your chances of breast cancer are enormous yeah. compared to somebody who's having two glasses or right. three glasses. So right. maybe you make that one small change to sleep, but it ends up having all these other positive impacts on your life long-term that you can't even foresee in the moment.
0: So one step makes a, makes a massive, a, yes. one small step makes a massive
2: difference. Yes. So. Martha Beck describes it as like a sailing metaphor. She says, if you were to take a boat and just turn the direction of the boat, mm-hmm. you know, 1% every day, 1%. Mm-hmm. Over time, the boat would be facing a whole new direction without making any major, you know, massive change. Yeah. And that's the power of the butterfly effect. Just something small can have a huge impact in your life. Yeah, I love that. So talk to me a little bit about
0: kids, because you talked about you talked about your kids and and I both my kids are great sleepers, but I still they don't that my family in general, they're night owls. They would go to bed really late and they would get up really late. And I'm the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. And so. I have heard that like between 10 and 2 is when you are going to get the, the your brain and your body is going to repair at its best. So my kids are, if they're not going to bed, it's summertime. They're not going to bed till midnight or 1.00. I kind of have two questions on that. One is, what can we do to help encourage kids to get to bed earlier? And I'm talking about teenage kids. No, I was going like, to ask you how old kids? These are, the kids are not kids. little kids. You answered my question. These, these are kids, I don't have a... Teenagers specific. are a whole animal to yes. themselves so on yes. many levels, yes. many, many levels. Yes. Yeah. And what, I mean, I, I can go home and have these conversations with them, but are there any tricks on how to help teenagers get more sleep and get to bed earlier? Oh, teenagers are
2: so challenging, right? (laughs) I I have two in my house, so I know that well. I actually just did a great seminar on helping teens sleep and dealing with anxiety. And a lot of the reasons why kids don't sleep well at night, not only does their circadian rhythm change as their hormones change, they, they have a lot of anxiety that they deal with during the day that I don't think adults really understand. There's a lot of, of overthinking that goes on. There's a lot of heightened cortisol responses that are going on, either from how many people liked their post on Instagram or who is going out with whom tonight. Or it used to be, you know, who are they going to have lunch with and who was going to ask him to go out on the weekends and who was going to go to the volleyball game or the football game, which, of course, they don't have now, which is one of the blessings of COVID-19. Um, but it's... Kids just have a lot of anxiety and some kids kind of roll with the punches better than other kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that comes down to their temperament. And so I find that I have one child that just is more high strung than the other child. He needs to eat all the time. Mm -hmm. He tends to be more emotionally responsive to things and he tends to need a lot more sleep than the other child. And so for him, it's very hard to fall asleep because when he gets in bed, his mind is just spinning, thinking about all the things that he could have done or should have done or what might happen or what he should do for classes in the fall and will they be and will he be at home and will, where should he be working? And he's just, he just can't slow down. And so again, magnesium has been a great mm. thing for him to use as well as the GABA and L-theanine, you know, the the teenage brain is so wired for dopamine. That's why they're such high risk takers. And that's Mm -hmm. why they love their phone so much because they get that dopamine drip off their phone. So to give them the precursors so that they get enough dopamine in their body so that they can just feel good, the anxiety can lessen and they can just rest. Because I I I can't get my kids to meditate or deep breathe or do gratitude journals like I like to do. So, you know, I have to turn to more practical things. And then of course, you've just got to get their blue light off yeah just get the yeah, blue light off, yeah, yeah you know
0: have you have you heard of brain tap? I haven't. Oh, so that's something that my twenty-year-old daughter is open uh-huh. to. We use it here in, in our clinic, and it is like a—it's a headset that has lights that go in the ears and lights that go in the eyes, and it's a visualization. And they use binaural beats and isochronic tones, mm-hmm. yeah. and the, and there's like a guided meditation that comes from all different angles. Oh wow! And so I, it has been the one thing my yeah. daughter, who is the night owl, she has FOMO, doesn't want to miss out on right. anything. Right. And so she's open to using the brain tap. Wonderful. Um, you can use it during the day. You can use it at night, but it reorganizes the brain and you, and there's some sleep settings.
2: Oh, I think so, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. She's open to doing it. I think that's great. Yeah. And maybe I like that's the difference at 20. I don't know. My son's 19 and I don't think he'd be open to doing anything like well, that, but maybe at 20, I might see a shift in yeah. his brain development. And that's the thing, right? Their brains are growing so much at that age. Yeah. I think as parents, it's really important that just because they say no to something or they're resistant to something, maybe we check back in a month or two months or six months because their brains start to adapt and change and grow. And maybe something that before seemed scary or unnecessary, now all of a sudden they're interested in. Yeah. And so don't just think that because they're not interested when they're 17 or 15, they're not going to be interested when they are 18 or 19 or 20 or 25. Yeah. 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 So it's fluid.
0: Yeah. What do you think of naps? Do you think naps are helpful or are they hurtful to your your sleeping pattern? I, I think right naps now? are hurtful.
2: I think you rob Peter to pay Paul when you nap. Mm-hmm. You only have so many hours a day that your body needs to sleep and is wired to sleep. And again, you want to have that be a nice, good, uninterrupted time mm-hmm. so that your brain and your heart and everything can do what it needs to do. So one of the, actually the key indicators of Alzheimer's, early Alzheimer's, is napping, daytime napping. And I, and I look back on my dad, and I look back on what, how he was always so proud that he could power nap. This man could literally put his head down at the office or at home or wherever, 20 minutes, 30, 30 minutes, close his eyes. He'd be right to sleep. He'd feel he'd have this rest. He'd wake up, and he'd be like, okay, now I can do all the meetings for the rest of the day. Okay, now I can go to whatever I need to do in the evening. And he was actually doing that because he was so exhausted and wasn't getting that restorative rest at night. Mm -hmm. And it's the same for my kids when they don't get that restorative rest at night, they come home and they nap at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, up, 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 get up. I I open up the shades. I open up the door. I want them up because I know that if they're going to nap more than you know, 10, 15 minutes, they're not going to sleep at night.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. And what do you think of the timing of sleep? Do you think there's like, should we be going to bed? Like I had heard that, and this was years ago, I had heard that when the sun goes down, mm-hmm. that technically our body starts to get prepared for sleep. So right. in the winter, we need to go to bed a little earlier. Whereas in the summer, we can
2: stay up a little bit later
0: because we have longer days. Do you think That's there's right. some, some truth to that?
2: Absolutely. It's your circadian rhythm. I absolutely think that it's somewhat tied to the, um, the seasons. I mean, you look at, at sad seasonal depression that people get due to the lack of sunlight, due to the vitamin, lack of vitamin D. If anything, I think that one of the benefits of coming into summer, which I love, is being able to eat a little bit later because mm. I stay up a little bit later. So I love to be able to sit down and have a meal at 730 versus having to have a meal at 6.00. Yep. you know, in during the winter time, because that doesn't work in my life, right? right. I'm barely even home at six. And I don't want to sit down and have dinner. But yeah. that's so because you have that three hour window where you need to cut off your food and drinks before you get into bed, you really need to like shift your eating and your sleeping with the sun, yep. either up or down depending on the season. And I think more you know, as women, it's really intuitive for us to be in tune with the seasons, Mm -hmm. to be in tune with, you know, the cycles of nature. And I think you just have to pay attention to that. You know, everybody has a different level of sleep that they need. Everybody has different sleep cycles. Some people sleep great from midnight to eight. Some people are like by 930, their head is in their book and they're crashed out and, and they get up at 530 or six in the morning. It's great. Everybody is, is bio-individual when it comes to sleep. So you just need okay. to figure out what yours is and just honor yeah. that.
0: Yeah. And what do you think about when, if you, I had also heard that if you can't get up without an alarm, you're sleep deprived. So if you're needing that alarm to wake you up,
2: then you're sleep deprived. Do you, have you heard that before? I don't know. I think it depends on my sleep sanctuary because honestly, sometimes if my sleep sanctuary is perfect, I think I could sleep for like nine, 10 hours, you know, yeah. because the room is dark and it's cool mm. and I'm cozy and I'm relaxed and like, why would I get up? Yeah. I love, <laughs> you know? it. I love it. But you know, I, I, I mean, again, I think it's just completely personal preference. When I went to college, I moved from Southern California to Seattle and I wasn't used to the rainy gray days. And so my brain, it was like, it wasn't, it was making melatonin all the time, right? Because the sun never came out. I was used oh, to having it be warm yeah. and sunny. And yeah. um, when I made that shift, I mean, I could sleep like 12 hour days, you know, yeah. now given I was 19 and maybe that were 18 and maybe that was just part of like my brain development and my growth yeah. at that time. But I couldn't believe the difference in how long I could sleep in Seattle versus LA. Yeah. And yeah, I think amazing. that was completely sunlight
0: related, you know. Yeah. Our parasympathetic nervous system also matures as a, like in the teenage years. They say that there's like a physiological reason why teenagers sleep so much and they move so slow and <laughs> So I don't know when it stops, but I think it's somewhere in its in the early twenties. So. Hopefully
1: soon. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know the I know the frontal lobe doesn't kick in until 27. So for boys, yeah, yeah I think I'm girls is like, a little ca- earlier. Oh, I'm counting the days. I'm counting know, the days, too, but I've got a, I've got years. I should be counting the years. So. I know. I yeah, know. but you
2: know, it's all about just making good habits because right, you're going to go in and out times when you have good sleep and times when you have bad sleep. I mean, some of the time that I've had the worst sleep, like when I had a newborn and that was painful to only yeah. sleep in two hour segments when oh, you're nursing yeah. a newborn baby. I, I, like you'd torture. have to literally pay me $10 million to go back to that. Oh no. God. It's like torture. It's yeah. It was awful. It's horrible. And, I mean, I love my children, yeah. but that was just said that sleep deprivation was so unbelievably painful. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, it's wartime yeah. torture, torture for a reason. Right, right, of course. Yeah, well, this is this this is awesome,
0: and I and I, I really love the practicality. Thank you for letting me kind of walk of through course. because these are the things that I hear from patients all the time. These are the things I hear from the resetters. Is like they I feel like people need tools. They need like you know yes. if GABA and L-theanine isn't working for you, what else can you do? And if magnesium's not working, then look at your blue light. And if that's not working, are you looking at the foods you're eating and alcohol? And I mean you you the An list exercise. of stuff, exercise, like the yeah. thing, the list of stuff is
2: amazing that you... Yeah, and, and pick one. Pick yeah. one and start, there. start maybe, there. Maybe instead of working out three days a week, you work out five days a week. Maybe yeah. instead of doing, you know, restorative yoga, maybe you get the, your heart rate up. Maybe you do some high-intensity training. Maybe you take a jog. Maybe you walk some hills that are more challenging. You know, that sort it. of thing. I love You're, it. I love you know, it. mix it up yeah. and so you can find your own roadmap to better sleep. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. So I always love to end my podcast on people's mission in life and I, or their message to the world. And I know that our messages and our missions change often, but if you had like one, one thing you could get across to people and it doesn't have to be on sleep, but if you could get one message to the world out there, what would that message be?
2: Women are such amazing influencers in this world. And I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit and we don't take good enough care of ourselves. And I think that if more women took better care of themselves, they would be absolutely unstoppable on this planet. And our planet needs that right now. Mm. And so I would really, really, really want to inspire any woman that's listening to this to just look at sleep or or eating well or exercising or taking a warm bath with some epsom salts as just this act of self-love self-care you're worth it you deserve it and the more that we can take better care of ourselves we can take better care of our families our communities our climate our our world all of it women we we need women to rise up right now and be as powerful as we can be
0: Oh, I love that. And yeah, you know, I, when I, I was talking to Dr. Northrup about menopause, she was saying how as women go through menopause, this is the moment like we have so much wisdom that we've right. accumulated. This is not the moment for our health to go south. Right. This is the moment for our, our health to shine so that we can shine. I love and, that. It, and, and we have these transitions in life where it's like, I love what you said. It's like time for us to take care of ourselves and to rise up. So I could couldn't agree with you more. That's that was so well said. Oh, thank you. So how do people
2: find you if they need? Well, your book, how, say the name of your book again. They can find my book at www.powerfulsleepbook.com. Great. And they can find me at kayahealthcoach.com. That's my website for my health coaching business. So am I? Beautiful. And yeah. do you do like sleep
0: coaching if people do. want? Yeah. Awesome. I do, I do health and wellness coaching and I do sleep coaching. Awesome. Awesome. And check your book out. We'll put the links, we'll put all your links in there so that people can find you. And I just, I just greatly appreciate you letting me go through the nuances of sleep because this episode, this episode's almost as much for me as it is for my Resetter community. So just so grateful for your work. And I love when people have That pain to purpose moment, you know, something in your life like your father and his Alzheimer's propels you into teaching others and just so grateful for the work you're doing. So thank you, Shauna. Thank you, Mindy. I
2: feel the exact same way about you.
0: Yeah, thank you. you. you.
2: Thanks. And
0: Resetters, we will put all of Shauna's links in there. And so you can go and find her, you can check out her book. And I hope this creates an incredibly blissful night's sleep for you tonight after you finish listening to this. So thanks again, Shauna. appreciate you. Thank
2: you, Mindy. Appreciate you.
0: Nothing that I love to talk about more than wine. So I got to tell you about Dry Farm Wines, which is my absolute favorite place to get wine from for many different reasons. One, they're keto friendly. You didn't hear that wrong. They're literally keto friendly. They have no added sugars, no added toxins, and they will leave you feeling amazing the next morning. So go check out their website. Not only is the wine incredible, but the people behind the wine are amazing. You guys know how I love people who are on a mission to serve the world. Well, Todd White and his crew are on a mission to help people drink healthy wines and enjoy the whole experience. So they taste amazing. And if you go to dryfarmwines.com backslash Dr. Mindy Pels, they will actually send you a bottle for a penny. So give it a try. Let me know what you think. And cheers to an incredible wine experience.
2: You put the whole foods in. You take all empty foods out. You put organic food in. And you shake bad toxins out. You eat ketobiotic and your microbiome shouts. That's what it's all about. You put fast cycling in fats in, trying seven fast types out. You download Carb Manager where your food is all carved out. That's what it's all about. That's what resetting is all about.